Yo, did you ever wonder what data governance is all about? Well, listen up. D-A-T-A, let us have me live by In a world that's digital, we chose the data life Enterprise-wise, the data flows left and right We are the ones who keep it all in our sight Rules, policies, principles, guidelines Not the most sexy, but better than the stop signs Working the segue between business and tech One foot in each world, all data and check Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Retail Podcast by Bureau.ai You may have noticed that our intro into the podcast sounded a little different today if you were nodding your head or you still can't get that beat out of your head, we have our guest today to thank for that. We know you're already impressed, but here's a little bit about Tiankai Fen, Head of Marketing at Dharma Germany. With over five years in data analytics and data governance at Adidas, he carries a wealth of experience in data analytics in the retail sphere. After spending 10 plus years in data analytics, data governance, consumer insights, and digital transformation, He's now grown fond of the human aspect of data, how to communicate, collaborate, and get creative around data. We're certainly amazed at how he's making data fun, and we're very excited to talk to him today. Hi, Tiankai. It's lovely having you on our podcast today. Welcome. Hi, Kritika. It's very good to be here. Thank you. Great. Let's get to know what you do better. Tell us about how you started out with data analytics. Where did this passion stem from and how did it lead you to data governance? Fan of advertising and I was good in math. So when it came to the time to choose what I wanted to study, I chose industrial engineering, which was a mix of marketing and uh, database systems slash IT. Um, and from there, uh, after having done my bachelor's and master's, I actually right uh, slided into the area of marketing analytics. And I had a chance to directly work in China for four years, really working on topics like web analytics, social media analytics, consumer insights, and all kinds of different things to explain the marketing world better with data. Um, I spent a little bit more time also um, in that same area than back in Germany. And one of the clients I had was basically Adidas, um, really moving on then into the client side and the corporate side of things, where I continue to work in uh, data. Um, being first a product owner and uh, for a data product, then leading the social media and voice of consumer analysis capability, and lastly, then going into data governance, specifically on the domain of product data governance. I think what I always um, realized was that although the analyzing part of data was always exciting, um, if you didn't have the right quality of data up front to actually do the analysis, then you didn't really have that much opportunities to do anything with it, right? So typically calling it the garbage in, garbage out principle, right? If the data is garbage, then whatever you do with it is not going to make it much better. So being and having been a big advocate for data quality, um, it was very exciting to be able to actually join the space of data governance and to be able to see behind the scenes a little bit about how data quality actually is being achieved and how the data is even being made available for analysts and other data consumers to use. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy that uh, I started more from the uh, analytics side and analyzing things to now also realizing how to manage and govern data in the right way. Wow, that's interesting. And it's been quite the journey, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, it's fascinating how your journey with data went from a key focus on analytics to now accessibility and making it more approachable for the people, right? Yeah. Where did this pivot begin? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I think I I would say the the whole um, 
idea behind why I enjoy what I'm doing is really coming from the space of wanting to make data valuable, right? The whole idea is that um, we are anyway collecting so much data in the world and anything we do because we live in a digital world that it only makes sense that we make the best out of it. But if you don't analyze it or you don't manage or govern it properly or you don't um, make it part of decision making, then it's really worthless, right? It really only sits there and uh, is not being used properly. And um, everything I'm doing is following that guidance and that kind of approach that I just want to make sure that data is being used and that we all have a little bit more trust and also fun with data going forward. Oh, wow. Fantastic to hear this. Um, and I've always thought of this, right? Um, people fear numbers and most people are uncomfortable with data. The mere thought of analyzing data and data-driven predictions, they can all be confusing and overwhelming for some. But your passion for making data more approachable and fun is commendable. Tell us this. While there's so much discourse around data today, there's also misunderstanding and chaos around it. What are your thoughts on unifying governance for data and analytics? Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. I think, um, first of all, there's a general um, reservation or even fear of data, right, as you mentioned. And the more you are not in a data team or not on paper, at least, uh, data a responsible team, the more you might shy away from it. And part of the reason is probably that we as data professionals have hyped up the area of data so much that we are so proud of it that we are kind of excluding certain people that they now feel like um, it's a very scary place to be in if it's very hard to get in and um, that only experts should deal with data but that is rather the opposite because uh, in the end we all need to actually work with data and um, the reality is that we are dealing with data no matter what right and in a certain way if you think about any organization just uh, sending emails or uh, working on Excel files or creating PowerPoints, all that is creating and using data as well, right? And that might be unstructured data, but in a certain way, we are all transforming information and communicating information to each other. So it's not too far-fetched to think about it that it should be better managed and governed, right? The main purpose of governing data is in the end to make data meaningful, secure, and usable for everyone, right? And that should be in everyone's interest. And to make sure that that has happened, we need cross-functional collaboration and data governance to make that come true, right? Everything else in data governance, like having the right tools, having the right processes, having the right responsibilities, that is all part of it, but it all has to come from the same understanding that we need to manage data together to make sure that it's usable and valuable for the organization. Right, absolutely. And I think I'm going to touch upon this point that you brought up earlier. Um, how important is it and what would it take to maintain a compliant end-to-end -end view of your data estate with a single model of data governance for all your data, both structured and unstructured? Uh, I think generally speaking, you first have to agree on what compliance means, right? Because compliance means there are certain rules in place um, and it's even the most critical part is to even come to those rules, that all of the stakeholders in an organization agree to what the rules are, because you might even have conflicting requirements towards those rules, right? If I want to have table A in this format, but another one wants table B, uh, table A in this format, then we ha already have a clash, right? So uh, coming to those rules is number one step. And then getting and rallying up everyone behind those rules to say, those are the rules that make our data most uh, correct and usable, that is the next very important, but also very difficult step. Uh, 
and uh, basically to to make sure that we are all having transparency and an overview of data, um, also keyword data lineage, for example, or data observability. It's all about working together as a team because you have uh, the data management, data governance teams, um, of course, in place, but they are only helping to facilitate certain things. And you still need subject matter expertise and um, different experts from the different functions to actually manage the data operationally and strategically. So in the end, it all comes down to uh, people, process, and tools, right? You need to establish data governance end-to-end. -end. You need the right people that feel accountable and responsible for the data. You need to have the right technologies in place to manage data, to harmonize data, to check data quality. And you need to have the right business processes in place that we can all hold each other accountable for the different elements that we have and uh, to make sure that we are managing data correctly. Right, absolutely. And thank you for those points. Those, those were really insightful. And I think I'm going to take a, uh, take a different spin to this conversation right now. I came across a piece on creative coalitions where you've taken on the challenge of applying principles of design to analytics. Um, yes. I'm very intrigued. Can you tell us more about it? Uh, absolutely. Um, so that goes back again to the uh, human side of data that um, I love so much now, right? And that you already mentioned also in the intro. Um, because we, when we work with data, it's really, the key really is that we turn those data into insights and that these insights are then actually being turned into decisions, right? Better decisions than before. Um, so it comes to the point when a data analyst will analyze something and there will be some findings and some insights, but that analyst has to convince a stakeholder to actually trust those insights, to believe in the insights and then act accordingly based on the insights. And at that point you realize that actually it's all about convincing stakeholders. And that is very much a parallel to being a product brand, for example, that tries to convince uh, a customer to buy the product, for example. Right. And in marketing or in anything uh, actually related to people, there's design thinking principles that has been established uh, to be uh, um, an effective and efficient way of developing uh, things and to make things more customer centric, right? And um, I try, basically try to really mix design thinking with data work. So, and that means uh, in design thinking, you always start with understanding your customers and audience and empathizing with them, right? So instead of starting with analyzing numbers first, we should actually first understand how our stakeholders make decisions, right? When are they making decisions? What do they think about when they make decisions? What are certain milestones where certain decisions have to be made upfront? Once you get to all of these answers, ideally in talking to your stakeholders upfront, the better your insights will be because then you know in what direction to work on and not just based on assumptions that you have. So um, that applies to any other data work too, right? As a data governance to a person, of course, I'm also thinking about uh, top leaders and subject matter experts, data consumers as my audience. Um, as a data scientist, I try to think about also my business counterparts because they're the ones who are going to use my um, algorithms and models, for example. As a data engineer, I want to make sure that my uh, the analysts that are my stakeholders find my data that I have created um, usable. Um, so it really applies to any element of data work. And yeah, I'm really trying to advocate for it because I think it's going to make our work much better. 
Absolutely. And I think what you've really done with this is, you know, bringing different teams together to sort of build that cohesive story around data and storytelling itself. And I think this is very, very fascinating. Um, on that note, everything we spoke about, you know, sort of highlights the importance of streamlining your data ingestion and management, right? But mm-hmm. how can businesses successfully do that? And where do you think AI can help out here? Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. AI is all the hype right now, right? Um, I think, though, what we have to realize... um, So first of all, let me talk about the importance of streamlining. So um, basically, to manage data well, we have to avoid data issues, so to say. And um, as early as we can avoid data issues in the data lifecycle, the better it will be, because then we are curing the root cause of data issues and not just fix the symptoms, as you say. And all that starts with data ingestion, right? If you put the right rules in place and you harmonize in the right way when the data comes in at the very first place, then you already can tackle most of the data issues up front. And everything else afterwards might be only smaller technical bugs that you have that you could fix, ideally. And the thing is, um, AI... Um, um, first of all, it has to work with the right databases to be trained to work, right? Mm-hmm. You need historical data so AI knows what it's actually supposed to do. And if the data that's being fed to AI and that AI is being trained with is not good, then AI will also learn the issues of it. And it will think that the issues are right, which means it would amplify and recontextualize all of the wrong data as well. And that is really not good. So what that means is, if we want to actually make AI work, then we have to first establish kind of a training set and almost a role model and an example of how correct data looks like so AI can actually support us to make data better. Um, And lastly, I would also say to the point that um, there are certain elements where you think about AI who could auto-complete data um, input as well, right? But it really depends on how the data is created in the first place, because in many cases, you still have human beings who type in data, right? That's, for example, a product manager who creates a product for the first time in the database. But you have also automated systems that create data. Like, for example, in retail, when you just create a transaction, right? You scan something, it goes in your system, and then you basically um, create that transaction in a retail store, and that is an automatically created data. AI can help in both, right? It can either complete complete a little bit the human thinking, or it can have quality checks on the automatically and generated data. But I think the future is brighter. So as long as we don't um, lose control over AI completely and complete it 100%, completely 100% trusted and don't check anymore, uh, we should just always have a point of view on it and just observe it. But we can definitely start using it to be more effect- effective moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I completely agree with your point. Um, you know, it's more like bad data and AI don't wo- go well together. And mm-hmm. it is true in most cases. And having said that, right, the role of AI has found its footing across industries and it is certainly here to stay. Um, mm-hmm. What are your views on how companies are undergoing the digital transformation journey? I mean, it goes without saying that digital transformation is no longer a question of if, but when. And the sooner companies embrace it, the sooner and smoother they're going to ride this wave. Uh, What do you think uh, or what do you feel is the first thing that organizations should keep in mind when they embark on this journey? Um, It's a a very good point. I I think that, um, first of all, there's many factors that are driving digital transformation no matter what, right? And that makes it not optional anymore with mandatory. So, for example, 
Um, we live in a world now where uh, governments are regulating data things in AI things much more heavily going forward. And that will not stop, right? So they are going to put a lot of more requirements on transparency and doing the right things with data uh, and AI, which means as a company, you have to be able to be um, showcase that you are doing the right things. And if you're being audited or being checked, then you can showcase that you are compliant to the rules. And if you don't transform digitally, everything will just be intransparent and you will not have anything actually to show, which puts you in the end, even worst case scenario into a legal risk area, right? The other way is that customers and consumers, of course, are much more digital and they are actually the ones who are adopting new platforms and channels much more quickly. Let's, for example, mention threats as the recent Meta launched a Twitter alternative, for example, and it's growing um, users um, as fast as never any platform before, right? And um, if you are not part of it as a, let's say, consumer relevant brand, then at some point you are leaving out one of the most important channels and one of the most critical channels. And lastly, um, every other organization is doing it too, right? So if you are not doing it, then you are definitely going to left behind and you are going to lose market share. And that will just make you less com uh, competitive going forward. Oh. So I think the first step to do it, right, is to understand that you have to do it. And you have to understand how can you realistically evaluate where you have to go? Like, what does digital transformation mean for your company? Is it more about data, right? Is it more about capabilities? Is it more about your touch points and sales touch points, for example, that you have to become more digital? Um, but once you know where you have to go, you can define a target state that you want to have, let's say, in the next three to five years. And then you assess your current evaluation, uh, evaluate your current status, and you know um, where you have the biggest pain points and the biggest potential, right? What is the most urgent for you to accelerate on to actually transform digitally and then basically take the whole organization with you to do that digital transformation together? Mm -hmm. These are some interesting points. Right. And now that we're talking about AI, I also want to touch upon a little bit about generative AI. So generative AI is taking the world by storm as everyone starts to see the potential capabilities and what it can offer. Do you think the future of data governance is one where generative AI plays an integral role? You know, navigating data governance, transparency, and trust in a generative AI world. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I definitely think that generative AI can help with data governance, but it will not be able to take over the most critical task, I believe, right? right? So what I'm saying is that a big part of data governance is to documenting things and um, making things uh, explained, right, for the rest of the organization. For example, KPI definitions or a data model. And although you can probably let AI help you design things, create models and write text, Mm -hmm. you still have to make sure that it's the right one, right? So you have to prompt it even with the right input. So it okay. writes you actually and generates you the right content. And that is basically only going to shift a little bit the responsibility from writing it yourself to prompting it in the right way. But it's not ever going to fully be automated on its own, right? You cannot just wait for AI to automatically generate things that are in your head happening, right? And so that means it might change slightly the tasks and the nature of the tasks of data governance professionals, but um, uh, that just gives us actually more time to do the more important critical thinking work, I would say. Great, great. It's really interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I think we've come a full circle um, with my last question for the day. Um, mm -hmm. How did you decide?
discover rather bring together your passion for data and your love for music together um and maybe you could sing for us here as well <laughs> i mean we i already sang uh via the my music in the intro right um but i'm very <laughs> happy to talk about it i feel like um it it really was a lucky coincidence so i mean just for context i did um play a lot of piano and say um, but it wasn't until 2019 when I first started applying my musical skills to uh, my profession as well. And the first um, song that I wrote about data was called the Digital Analytics Anthem. And it really came from a place of frustration and dissatisfaction because I realized that digital analytics was really misunderstood and uh, in the world a little bit deprioritized. Um, so I wanted to make a statement about how cool it is to work in digital analytics, how important digital analytics is, uh, and try to use like a fun genre like rap to do it, right? So uh, I did it and um, I didn't know that it would have such an impact as it all of a sudden had um, really inside my organization, but even on LinkedIn, outside and on YouTube and so on, really gaining a lot of traction uh, from people all over the world. And that really showed me that um, there's so many ways of being creative and making the topics you're working on accessible and fun. And for me, it might be music, but for everyone else, it might be other things like drawing comics or telling jokes or all these kind of things, right? That whatever you feel comfortable with and being creative with. Um, so another way of looking at it is just to bring your own personality to work, right? Like if you are good in something and you know you're passionate about something, why not apply certain manner, uh, certain aspects of it to your day-to-day -day work as well? You're spending so much time at work anyway, why not bring your authentic self to it, right? And uh, for me, that just means to um, do music. Um, and if people outside and inside my organization really like what I'm doing, then even better. So I feel even more motivated to be myself. Wow, that is super, super interesting. And this was absolutely incredible. Um, that's the most exciting way uh, we've concluded a podcast, to be honest, to know more about <laughs> you and to okay. understand how you bring two things together, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to thank you once again for joining us here today. We're looking forward to all the fantastic work you do. Uh, well, I mean, if anyone is more interested in data governance or AI or my music even, uh, feel free to contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to connect. And I also have a YouTube channel where all my music stuff is there. So feel free to check it out. Let's go. You made it here. This is the third verse. Are you ready for some governance buzzwords? People, process, projects, and tools. Automation starts with business rules. Data models, solution designs. A data catalog helps us to simplify. Master, reference, and metadata. Overviews are good, but governance is greater. System updates and new integrations. We'll design solutions with standing ovations. Governance is cool. You got that right. In the name of data, hands up and high five. Governance of data. That was the end of today's episode.
we'll be back with another episode of the retail podcast by vr.ai where we chat with leaders path breakers and game changers in the retail and ai space until then i'm your host kritika anand 